economist mic just fell onto his face. <laughs> I kind of know. Good thing I'm an athlete. <laughs> Welcome to the Financial Independence Garage, where we give you the tools to repair your finances and unfold the roadmap to financial independence. It's a lot easier when it's right in front of you, isn't it? So much easier. I almost felt like I got that right. How's it going? Good. How you guys been? Oh, well, you know, another another day. Another day in paradise. <laughs> another day of part-time work, right? Oh, it's so not part-time. Yeah, well, it backfired big time. We'll have a little discussion about some part-time barista fire tonight. That's going to be one of our topics. After we crack this beer, oh, I did that right into the mic. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> the, uh, the the can on this looks like the same as the other Stanley Park Stanley Park beer we had. Definitely the same artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- loud cans too. Yeah. <laughs> well, these I, are not quiet. Well, I've cleaned up the garage. As you notice, there's a little less sound deadening material in here. Yeah, it's a little uh, more That's, echoey. Uh, and we're on more new recording equipment. Yeah, we all have our own mic. We now. finally Very got the exciting. Economist's own mic. Yeah, yeah, that's so exciting. Things good are a little times. different. Yeah. We're, we're halfway to being good. So halfway to being good. This may be an improvement. So this is the uh, Stanley Park Brewing Windstorm West Coast Pale Ale, tropical fruit and citrus hop character, medium body, full flavor. Doesn't say much more in the can, does it? Can you read the French part of that? Uh, Minot. No. We did the French. We did the French episode. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that was. We don't need any more apologies in the show notes. <laughs> it's a tasty beverage. This one right here. That's nice. Oh, that you know, the spot. You know what we forgot? Our coasters. The coasters. Yeah, I gotta get the coasters. I'll That's be right back. Fair. Took you a bit. I know. I'm just gonna have a bit more beer. Yeah, it yeah seems it's a like tasty. You need some. It's a tasty one. I like this one. One of the better ones we've had. Yeah. So tonight we're gonna have a little discussion on barista fire aren't we that's what i'm told yeah <laughs> yeah it sounds like you had a hard day at work i did yes maybe it's time for some barista fire yeah i'm supposed to be <laughs> yeah. right you, now you wrote an article about being barista fire and yeah. now you're complaining about your problems of barista fire yeah the big problem is when you don't say no to people being like oh perfect you're only working part-time i need you to work full-time for me plus work your part-time job Fair enough. Well, let's do our interesting article first, and then we can hear the accountant complain some more. Yeah, Perfect. I'm sure we will. So yeah, I was reading The Economist, and I found an interesting article um, talking about presenteeism. And uh, the main point of the article was imp- either employers are demanding or employees feel obliged to stay at work for long hours. And their productivity with every hour declines right and it also talked about some other adverse effects like uh failing health things like that burnout yeah 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 well you notice is the 996 yeah mr ma yeah that was old alibaba 9 a.m to 9 p.m six days a week shoot me now that was one of my favorites i've been using that a lot Oh. Just give her the old 996, boys. Get yeah. her done. Yeah. yeah. Much Jeez. prefer the 1044. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I noticed in the article they talk about too, and, and I think it it holds true, is that sometimes managers won't leave because they want to set a good impression for the workers. Right. But then the workers stay in their cubicle working because the boss hasn't left yet. So Yeah, and it's a vicious cycle. It's right? like they're imprisoned there because yeah. nobody wants to leave first. And it talks a lot about too how you because you're at work for so long you find ways of looking busy 
right without absolutely. being busy and it's so counterproductive to production to actually having any kind of production right yeah what i found it interesting too at the end of our, the article there they talk about like how this is a relatively new thing because before the industrial era you generally just like worked on your own farm or workshop and produced what you needed to produce and that was that and it wasn't right. you weren't paid for your time it was you were paid for what you what produce you and produ- what, yeah, what you actually production. come up with production yeah. which is you know great idea it's a great idea well especially with technology we should all be working a lot less not a lot more you would think that would make sense yeah. right you can get a lot more accomplished in a week now than you used to be able to get accomplished Absolutely. in a week because of that raise wages have gone up true right so you're expected to produce more true but at the same time there's still a lot of dead time in office jobs yeah oh god yeah well there's a lot of distraction now too Right. You know, instead of getting up and walking over six cubicles and having a discussion with Paul from accounting, you send an email. Yeah. And then that email chain gets lost or gets five deep and then gets lost in the discussion, gets CC'd onto that. I mean, I don't work specifically in an office atmosphere, but I do have to deal with a lot of office emails, back and forth communications. And, right. You know, when you get, you know what it's like, you guys, I'm sure you know what it's like. You get there in the morning and you've got, you got to deal with your emails. emails yeah. Right. Instead of returning one call or something. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lost productivity and all the distractions that happen too. Yeah, it's true. For sure. But it is going in the wrong direction, I would say. Yeah, they've talked about that in Europe, haven't they? Like working a shorter work week, like this, like a six-hour day type thing. Yeah. Because you, yeah. you get your most productive hours in. And then what's the point of being there? Yeah, there's been a few studies on how part-time workers are more productive than full-time workers. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree yeah. with that. Is that working out for you since you're taking your part-time? Uh, I would say I'm doubly as productive because now I have two jobs. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's how part-time is supposed to work. <laughs> no, it's not. But uh, yeah, I, as some people may know if they read my most recent post, I went down to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at my main job. And then when my brother found out that I wasn't working Mondays and Fridays, he quickly recruited me to come help out with a bunch of things at his company. Oh, so you charge him double the rates. All good. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I should be. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't so, sound all good. <laughs> no. Well, that's kind of along the lines of uh, what we're going to talk about tonight. We'll talk a little bit about Barista Fire. I'm sure everybody heard, has heard of Lean Fire and Fat Fire. Right. And then somewhere in between is this Barista Fire. And I guess they chose the name specifically because you you might well I think for the in the U.S. a lot of people may choose to take a call it a coffee shop job to get some benefits yeah in a part time sense right yeah I think on their way to five I think because fire. Starbucks offers benefits yeah that's kind that's of that's where the name came from. that's yeah, where yeah. the name came from for sure but it just refers to uh, some form of part time work where you haven't quite met your fire numbers right that's let's just go with our usual four percent rule as something to discuss with you haven't got there yet but you know you've got enough money invested that if you just cover your expenses over the next five ten fifteen years you're gonna get there your nest egg will grow through the power of compounding and market returns to be fire at basically be fire at the regular age you know at 60 call it or at some yeah, delayed. 55 or yeah, whatever. Delayed yeah. point. Yeah, a delayed it, it point. It totally depends on when you've started. Yeah, yeah of course. Absolutely. So I, I kind of like this idea, to be honest with you. 
I like it too. Well, it also doesn't necessarily mean that it's you're not adding anything to your investments. Like it could be more part time work, but you're still you're just not saving as aggressively. Right. Yeah, and and the other great thing about it, or enticing thing about it, is I don't want to when I retire. I don't want to stop working. I don't want to stop being productive. So, well, and this is a funny thing, right? Is the internet retirement police are all over everybody that now has a right. podcast or a blog or is doing some other form of work. Right. You're, not retired. Fire. You're not retired anymore. Yeah. And it's only natural that, you know, high achieving motivated people that have the diligence to save, invest and work towards fire. Right. Will want to continue doing something productive that may not necessarily be for money. Right. But let's be fair. There is some motivation in earning money. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So even if it was only a couple days a week, going to get paid, like I've been doing a fair bit of volunteer work recently, yeah. which I'm happy to do, but it hasn't been exactly the volunteer work that I want to do. Right. So at some point you're kind of like, well, maybe I should just be getting paid for this and wait yeah. for the good volunteer jobs. Right. Right. I mean, is that yeah. being too picky? Maybe it is. Well, you know, I don't yeah. mind. I know it all has to get done. Right. Yeah. And that's fine. But I guess my point is that. I'd be quite happy to be at a hardware store for a day or two a week. Right. Right. And getting it's a not few a bucks. big wage, but I'd be happy to deal with the customers and solve problems and Yeah. So I think for me Barista Fire would be perfect. Yeah. I mean if it's something you're gonna do anyhow when you retire. Yeah. If you can get to your fire number earlier because you're going the barista fire route, well you've just knocked years off. You haven't changed anything about your post retirement life. No, you've just not knocked years off your, your journey. And as much as like, I've been pretty much full time. I had one day off (laughs) on my new schedule, but I mean, your new three day weeks, three day week schedule. uh, You had two days off. It's just one was a holiday. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and I left at noon on Friday. Hey, so life's good. But the nice thing about it is because I'm doing my brother a favor and helping him out. I don't really feel obligated to be there. Right. So I've had days where I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty brain dead. I'm not adding a whole lot of value now. I'm going home at three. Yeah. And I'll, I'm a contractor, so I just leave. Yeah. And I bill them for the time I'm there. Or if I want to leave town, I'll just say I can't work Friday and it's fine. Or I can't work Monday. Yeah. It's I'm not an employee, so there's no none of that hold over me, which is nice. Uh, yeah. I think... As an employee, if you let your employer have that hold over you, well, that's true. I, I think you got to really examine that choice. If I mean, I know you need money, but yeah, but I think a lot of jobs you are required to be there on the opening hours. That's true. So that's true. But I, I'm just saying, um, if something comes up in your life, you shouldn't feel beholden to your employer. Well, yeah, that's certainly not emotionally. Maybe from, uh, you know, if you think, well, this could affect how I'm employed, that's one thing. But if you're emotionally beholden to your employer, I think that's a problem. Okay. Maybe that's what we need to talk about is the point of being barista fire is that you're all, you need to have some FU money. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You got to have the FU money first so that you're not beholden. Right. That makes sense. You know? So that you can say, hey, look, I'm really sorry, but I, I'm not going to be able to come in on Thursday because I've got a family situation that I need to go and deal with. Right. And it doesn't need to be a discussion. It's just I won't be there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so 
But I think that's the whole point of Breeze to Fire is you've got some FU money backing you up because you're on your way to fire. Yeah. Right. But now you're working a job that either it could be the same job, yeah. maybe at a reduced schedule. Yeah. Or it could just be a job that you really enjoy. And you're right. If it's a job that you really enjoy, then you should have that understanding with the employer that, hey, I'll be here and work for you because I want to be here and work for you. But there needs to be some give and take. Right. Yeah. And it gives you that ability to like the multiple income streams. If you can rely on a little bit of savings, maybe some dividends, maybe some rental properties, you've got a part-time job, all of a sudden one of those things goes badly and it's not as detrimental. Right. Like mm-hmm. now that I've got a couple of different income streams, if either one of those went away, it wouldn't matter. That's the idea. Right. Exactly. Yep. So it's kind of nice. And I, I just want to uh, differentiate a little bit between barista fire and what I decided to call subsist- subsistence working. Subsistence working. <laughs> which, which is what... Well, that's good because it's like subsistence farming. I see right, where you're yeah, going with yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, for maybe the first 10 years of my career, I, w- I would say I was subsistence working where I w- didn't feel beholden to my employer. I earned enough to pay my expenses, but I wasn't saving a lot. And some of that was lifestyle choice, but I wasn't working full-time either. But it was a choice to work part-time, pay my expenses. But then if you have, if you're, the difference between that and barista fire is the security you have, right? Right. Yeah. Knowing that your assets are going to grow over time and support you, whereas. Right. If you're subsistence working, say you get hurt, everything's out the window at that point, right? Right. Right. You can't actively earn an income. You have nothing to fall back on. There's no FU money. Yeah. Yeah. There's no protection, no self-insurance. Right. So then I guess it depends on whether you keep your existing job. There's a good chance you've been there for quite a long time. You're competent at it. You've probably become, you know, they talk about, yeah, the three things we'd like to have in our job is mastery, autonomy, purpose. You may have those things in your current job. Right. But the schedule may be more demanding than what you, it doesn't give you the the good life balance that you want. Right. So So, are you able to. comes to a choice between can you keep your job, which you'd like to do. Yeah. At a reduced rate. Or do you have to go find something new? Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that is one group of people and another group of people absolutely do not want to stay in the job they're in. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that also begs the question of, do you stay in the job that you don't like because it pays you the most dollar per life hour that you give it and stay in it for the next 10 years to get yourself that much closer to fire? Right. This, when do you decide? Yeah, it, it's a tough decision. Right? When's, when's, when do you get to choose barista fire? I mean, the one thing is that life is incredibly uncertain. So I would be more inclined to start living a lifestyle you like now as opposed to putting it off hating your life and then hoping that somehow magically retiring is going to fix all your problems well i would say that you probably need to dig down a little into your your numbers right like if you've got a mortgage yeah figure out what your expenses are because you can't go breeze to fire and then say well i'm only gonna i'm only gonna end up earning twenty two thousand dollars a year but my expenses are 30 yeah, you know, like they need you need to I, do some 
I think maybe if we're going to define barista fire or the point at where you can call yourself that, I think a way to do it might be to say, if either I, I don't contribute anymore to my retirement savings and don't withdraw, I will reach my fire number by 65. I think that's a reasonable place to call yourself barista fire. Does that make sense? So I'm barista fire? Yeah. Wow, that's great. Thanks. You just have to start living the lifestyle. Well, I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just looking at, uh, I'm pretty sure I read something in here about, oh, here it is. Yeah. Uh, Financial Samurai. He uses a definition here calling Barista Fires is being able to retire before the conventional age of 60 plus, but taking on a part-time job for supplemental income and potentially health insurance. So that's what we talked about a little bit within, in the U.S. Right. But I thought they had somewhere... Uh, I thought I was reading in here where the same thing that you just said, that you do the extrapolation of your returns and you could basically not have to save any more money. Right. Right. I, I don't know if it said that. I don't That's remember. Good. I just thought I came up with that. But maybe I copied it from somebody. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I've heard it before. Yeah. It's part of the definition. Yeah. yeah. No, totally. Okay. It is. I guess it would extend to if you were going to withdraw 10000 per year from your savings and work by the time you're 65 your nest egg would be fine well i'm same I'm, thing i'm right? sure you could define the numbers any way you want well to. you can that's the great thing about definitions <laughs> <laughs> that and statistics yeah yeah exactly you guys love statistics well why not yeah they seem great very malleable yeah well financial panther here this is the other article that we were reading through about uh breeze to fire he talks about how much income from your your side hustles changes the value to your nest egg right right so it's yeah. got a little chart here is like if you think about it over a period of time and you earn that ten thousand dollars that's potentially two hundred fifty thousand you don't need to save right because it yeah. represents 20, that 25 times over rule. 25 times yeah you had another article there you uh put in there from the pioneers and it was an interview article i forget who was being interviewed yeah, that was, um, they were interviewing, uh, um, I know who it is too. The money mechanic has the computer in front of him. I, I do. Don't, that's why he's uh, humming and hawing it was, here. It was, uh, it was Michelle at Frugality and Freedom. Right. So in, in the interview there, Michelle said she spends $55 a day and using the 25 times rule, she figures for every 13 $1,875 or so that she invests, she buys herself one day of financial freedom, like one out one day of the year. Right. So, Every year. Right. So if she saved 365 times 1375, she would be totally. Right. Oh, so 20, 55 times 25? Is that yeah, the math that, we're that's on? the math. Yeah. So I thought that was a neat way to, to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, that is an interesting way to figure it out. Yeah. Hey, math works out. Yeah. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, well, that's, yeah, that is an interesting way to think about it, hey? Yeah. So you drill it down, drill it down to your daily expenses. You got to, you know, crunch yeah. the numbers on your complete annual I expenditures. Mean, I think another thing to think about too is if there's, you know, when it comes back to side hustles, if there's a project that you've really been wanting to do or a side hustle you've really wanted to start and you don't have time, but you could afford to barista fire for a while and work part time and then actually spend the time on that other thing you know you might end up getting 
to fire just as fast and earning just as much money on your side hustle as you were at your full-time job. Yeah. But you bought yourself the time to actually Or faster, right? Or faster. a lot of the time, if you're doing something for yourself... You're going to make a lot more money. Well, you may or you may not make money. That's true. Right? But the upside is much higher. Yes. Yeah. This is what I think what we were trying to say here, actually, is uh, just scanned this article while you guys were chatting here from the Pioneers, and they were discussing that they'd finish reading the book work optional tanya hester's book right that you still have not read i don't think have you no no okay no. not a page you said before <laughs> correct <laughs> do i have it you will very soon okay uh <laughs> but anyway tanya introduces the thought that financial there's a continuum to financial independence right and that on the continuum there are gradients from traditional retirement to full early retirement and then anywhere in between you can have sabbaticals or mini retirements. Yeah. And this is what we were trying to say earlier, actually, is that uh, quoting from the article here, semi-retirement means that you have already saved enough for traditional retirement, brackets, anticipating additional market growth, of course, but you still need to cover some or all of your daily expenses through active income. Right. Since you are no longer in the accumulation phase, quotes, you can usually pursue things that you are interested in often on a part-time contract or freelance basis. And that really is what we're trying to say. Yeah. You started some contract work right on. You can make yourself as busy as you want. Yeah, exactly. All right. I've scaled back on my contract work. Right. So, and to afford more time to explore other options. Right. Yeah. You know, so volunteer options that don't pay. Yeah. <laughs> And end up with a bum shoulder. Yeah, but the satisfaction of... That is the one thing that I would like to tell listeners right now is that there's a towel <laughs> tied around the mechanic's shoulder and his arm is in a sling because he tried to do a pull-up and uh, Oh, let's not say tried to do a pull-up. I was doing pull-ups. <laughs> there may have been some pre-aggravation. I can't pinpoint the source of this. <laughs> I'm going to say he tried to do a pull-up and failed. Well, it was the one one armed ones, you know. I'm getting too good at the two. Yeah. <laughs> so the the left wing's a little bummed right now. At least you can still work on the the one hand right, on the right side. Oh yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a little a little stronger than the rest. But yeah. I guess there's no excuse why I can't edit all this material now. That's right. I'm sure you'll won't come be at my volunteer them. job for the next week. So, what was that quote from the Financial Samurai? Oh, in the same article that we were looking at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a good one. I like it. Well, he, ta- he starts off talking about uh, taking on a part-time job for supplemental income and potentially health insurance. And he says, alternatively, barista fire is retiring early, but making your spouse work. <laughs> and then he says, a lot of men have started to claim they retired early but are really just stay-at-home spouses while their wives slave away at jobs they hate. It's the man's way of not feeling like a deadbeat since men have fragile egos and society still expects men to be the providers. Now, <laughs> is he joking? I, I hope so. Because, yeah. I hope so. Because we're going to say that's not barista fire, That's right? not. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to redefine that and then try and do it. <laughs> well... <laughs> I, I do laugh at this because, you know, you've you've worked towards a little bit of part-time. Yeah. Even though you're taking on more because you took on contract. I'm trying to do the same thing, and yet both our spouses work full-time. Work full-time, yeah. <laughs> but they, out of their own mouth, say they love their jobs. Correct. So I, I do not feel guilty. No. 
yeah, that doesn't fit his definition <laughs> no. of hating their jobs they hate. No, exactly. I right? suppose that's true. Yeah. Well, I think there's been discussion about that in, in the FI community too, is don't, don't stay in a job you hate just to try and get to fire. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, that... it's self-defeating. You Why be miserable for the next 10 or 15 years to get to a, a fire number, an arbitrary right. number, rather than designing a life you want to live? You might not even see the fifth, 16th year, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and I think that's part of the thing, too, with, like, the opportunities that you don't know are out there. I mean, I, I lasted two days with being part-time. Right. Yeah. And it was immediately, like... I had other job offers and I had more than one. Mm -hmm. Like I turned down some other work too. Yeah. So it was kind of eye opening to realize how much work is out there. Well, I think that's it, right? You don't have a, if you're just a one trick pony at one place, you kind of have a scarcity mindset. That's your only income stream. So you can't imagine being outside of that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, especially with you having an accounting background, there's people that need, accounting and bookkeeping and all sorts of services all the time all the time yeah i've really tried to take on more of a you know not scarcity mindset yeah recently right and yeah. just well know. what was that um podcast you made us listen to the other week <laughs> basically i don't make you do anything <laughs> <laughs> no you don't that's, i make you come over to the true. garage and bring beer yeah there's no it's all a choice <laughs> um but basically at the end of the podcast, the fellow said, not the quote exactly, but it's raining money out there. If you're not getting wet, something's wrong with you. You know, the the U.S. economy is humming along better than it ever has. Right. I don't remember the podcast. I listened to a lot of podcasts. There was a laughing fit in the middle. Was it ours? <laughs> <laughs> no. no. sounds like ours. We'll put it in the show notes, though. But the idea is... Well, the stock market might be doing some interesting things and house prices might be going flat. Uh, we're still in a very good uh, employment market. Absolutely. Right. So there well, are lots of opportunities. Well, and it's there. easier than any time in history to earn money nowadays. Pretty With much. the internet yeah. and yeah. everything else. I mean, yeah. finding work is yeah. not something that's super difficult to do. There's, I mean... Especially in this city, there's a help wanted sign in every bloody window. Yeah. Well, not to add more work to the show notes, but I was just listening to a podcast about that too, about having super low unemployment rates. Is this the, the podcast US. about us listening to other podcasts? Well, Is it? it seems that way. <laughs> it's only the second one. <laughs> yeah. Well, we don't have any of our own material. It's all just in the show notes of other material. Right. It's easier to source that way. Yeah. Well, we're just collab we just bring it all together yeah there you go factor barista fire which i'm not a big fan of the name but no it's a pretty bad yeah. name well it. what are we calling it we're calling it home part, home part, brewers fire home. part-time in your way to fire part-time in your way to fire yeah yeah that's, that's a better name that's what we're calling it because mm. who doesn't want to be part-time i did find a part-time job today and all it was is like they give you a tablet you go to a grocery store and you mark down prices and sizes of products. Really? It's a, for a marketing company. I don't yeah. know. I It was one of those. How did you find that? Well, it's an internet rabbit hole that I ended up down. Right, yeah. Because yeah. we were going to talk about part-time work. Yeah. <laughs> and I, But I, it occurred to me because I was like, well, I go shopping. Right. So maybe so, I could get paid to go shopping. Yeah. You There's know? been a few articles on the FI Garage's Twitter feed about uh, 
that sort of thing. Yeah, what like secret mystery shopping, shopping? Mystery shopping? Yeah, yeah no, it is a thing. Yeah, right? you can do secret shopping. I mean, I don't think we ever want to advocate going out and spending money, but this was grocery store shopping. Right. That's like, well, yeah, yeah you're gonna you're gonna be there anyhow. Yeah, yeah. Think of how much money we could save if you were brewing beer full time and we didn't have to buy it all the time. Well, that that's another thing, right? Like you can uh, you can choose your employer based on the benefits they offer. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, let's go get brewery jobs. Yeah. I thought that, about it. That's a case per week, right? I believe that's a case per week. Hey, that's well, no longer need a beer sponsor. No, we still We'd need be our own. We beer still sponsor. need a beer we sponsor. Still yeah, need we a beer need a sponsor. sponsor. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of beer, yeah, I'm ready. I'm very prepared. Yeah, and seeing how we're already off topic, yeah, it's yeah. probably a good time to see what's in the fridge. Great time. What is in the fridge? Once again, the fridge provides. Ooh, that's loud. Hey, this I like this one. It's got a helicopter on the can. Is that a helicopter or is I, that a? It's a it's a flying it's a, accordion. It's a steam powered flying accordion. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good, good. Okay, good. Uh, so this is Steamworks Pale Ale, and they really, really went to town writing the description on this beer. It says, "This Northwest style pale ale." Is a confident beer with citrusy character, balanced with layers of malty goodness. It's not even on the can. Doesn't even tell me much at all. Like everything's That's, citrusy goodness these days. You That's know, I, so I think depth. we should try and stick to beers that have poems on the can. Yeah, <laughs> those are good. I was in a rush when I was on my <laughs> way over. I didn't have a lot of time. We're not drinking these out of glasses. We can't get the nose. Why not? Do you think the orange it smells like beer? Well, actually, there is citrusy in there. Yeah. That's You're not wrong. Actually, I mean that's tasty. They're only listing a couple hops here: the Zythos and Cascade. Cascade is should be citrusy, but what do you think? This one or the Windstorm? <sighs> I think Windstorm's a winner for me tonight. Yeah, I think the Windstorm that's, is gonna. That's unanimous. Just a little smoother. Yeah. yeah. This isn't bad though. Mm. No, no, still good. But the Windstorm was quite nice. No, and well, I think there's the two great locations in Vancouver. If you're ever out west visiting is do you definitely want to go to Stanley Park? Yeah. Hands down. And Steamworks is right in the heart of Gastown. Yeah, it is. So two great places. I wouldn't I wouldn't miss either of them. Yeah. I mean so. you do have to go to Vancouver though, so that's a downside. <laughs> well, we love Vancouver. Hey, there's I lot... know, but it's just I gotta get on a ferry. It's a lot of work. There's for a us. lot of people in Canada that, yeah. that want to visit Vancouver. Yeah. Well, as long as you don't have to get on a ferry. Yeah. Tell me about it. I'm happy to throw BC ferries under the bus. Much easier to get to Vancouver from Calgary than here. Yeah, just get on a plane. It's easier. Would you be less upset if BC ferries was a public company and you could earn some dividend-paying stock from them? Yeah. Then, like, riding the ferry would be almost, well, it would be subsidized. Or if they offered a beer already. <laughs> I thought they were going to do that. Not yet. But okay. only in the buffet. Yeah, you got to go to the buffet and pay thirty bucks for yeah. a buffet uh, just to be able to buy a ten dollar beer. <laughs> You're only allowed two, so that's twenty five dollars per beer. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Okay, back to barista fire. No, no, I'm pissed off at BC Ferries. Yeah, that's okay. You're gonna be part time working there one day. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh man, free ferry rides. Free ferry rides. I just solved my whole problem. <laughs> All you got to yeah. be is the guy in the parking lot directing traffic. Okay. Yeah. I'll just do a bad job. Just <laughs> waving wands You don't ever everywhere. have to leave. <laughs> okay. Uh, D 
Deep dive time. Yeah. Deep dive. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You, you've you got the sound effect for deep dive. I, forget, I, I, I don't for, have a deep dive sound effect. I forget yet. it. <laughs> I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> I'm splicing it in. It's coming. It's getting in here. Yeah. Just take it from the last episode. Is it like a submarine? Or? No, it was like deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to add a splash. Right. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I thought you wanted scuba bubbles too. Yeah, scuba bubbles. Right. Would be good. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, our deep dive, uh, kind of looking at how long it would delay your trip to being fired. I've heard you say that. Is fired a term? Uh, no. No? I think it's just fire. Okay. I like fired because... I mean, you're adding... Hey, employer, deep. you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> I just I mean... reached fire. You're fired. Anyhow. Yeah, so I came up with a little scenario, and I decided that you you needed a million dollars to reach fire and you had 500,000 saved up right okay and I also decided you were going to be saving $25,000 a year and your rate of return was 6% okay saving rate the amount of money you're saving per year is probably a little small but um, if you're already at 500,000 anyhow it would take you seven and a half years to reach your million dollars if you continued working in your job. Now this takes into account market growth of that 500 at 6%. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So just to sum up for me, cause I yeah. kind of zoned out a little bit there. You're starting with 500 K. Yeah. You're saving 25,000 per year. Correct. And you're assuming a 6% rate of return compounding on your original 500 and your 20. 25 a year. Yeah. So that works out to you'll get to your million dollar target in seven and a half years yeah okay not bad yeah no sounds good seven and a half years still a long time though especially if you don't like your job it's true 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 story right very true so if you decide to take a job you like and you earn just enough to cover your expenses well we're calling your expenses 40 grand a year if you're going for this number this is your the numbers you've given have been of 40 right if you need a million 40 is your expenses yeah yeah so you you get out of that uh $65,000 $65,000 a year job and into your $40,000 a year job. Right. Yeah. You're, After taxes. You're going to reach fire in 12 years. So it's only 4.5 years longer. Right. To enjoy the road. Potentially. And then I did another scenario where if you take a $30,000 a year job, so you need to withdraw $10,000 a year from your nest egg, you get to fire in 16 years. So it's so, just over so, twice as long. So still taking way less and actually drawing down on part of your portfolio, but not enough to actually draw it down. Right, exactly. Interesting. I think, too, we could probably mention that by adopting this kind of strategy, it changes your sequence of return risks a little bit, too. Yes, absolutely it does. Right? You're not going to, even if you say you want to pull that 10 k a year from your portfolio. Right. You know... You, you may have the option. I'd be like, well, I guess maybe I'll work that extra. I'll work that Thursday now and make that make up that 10K because it's a bad market year. Right. Cause we're have, yeah, because we're having a yeah. really bad right. year. It gives so. you the option to almost make sure that you don't hit sequence of return risk. Right. So, so does, if you combine barista fire with dividend investing, yeah, now you're really taking a bite out of Well, exactly. Sequence, right. I mean, we talked a little bit of two episodes ago about dividend investing. Yeah. And how if you can generate some, 
Well, again, it's just another income stream, right? Yeah, some exactly. sort of passive income. If you're drawing down ten thousand, or if you're taking ten thousand from your nest egg, yeah, it's very likely that that is going to be covered by uh, disbursements. It, right? Well, the, if you if you're if making you five hundred thousand dollars, absolutely, right? your yeah. assumption of five hundred k, yeah. So you're yeah. not probably not actually selling. You're probably yeah. selling no shares. You're at most pulling dividends. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting that you've, you, I mean, you've obviously done the math here where everything's compounding on that, your initial 500K. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's just a 6% rate of return. Right. You didn't pull any dividends off that. Well, it, it's assuming that the dividends are in that 6% rate of return. Which is a little light. Sure. Which is it's probably conservative, conservative for yeah. sure. It's probably yeah. conservative. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't be pulling three percent out of that in a dividend right and still be getting your six percent on top of that over i mean we're talking yeah. about over 12 years now right right yeah. which is a better time frame to be looking at that yeah yeah absolutely so yeah no it's really interesting isn't it yeah i mean it makes you realize like, i think everybody has the lofty goals that uh to fire you need to save that one 1.5 you need to get to your 40 50 60k yeah four percent rule withdrawal and I mean, there's some value in the commitment to try and get that, but it's a big chunk of money. It's, it's a, a long time. Big chunk of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I mean, one of the main takeaways here is that you don't have to get all the way to FI to get the benefits of FI. There's been yeah. a lot more discussion about that recently in the space as well, hasn't there? Right. Like you can, you Life, can get lifestyle to, design. You yeah. can get to a point where, okay, I've got a big enough chunk of money saved that this will get me to retirement even let's say at age 65, so I can design the next 35 years of my life yep. to be however I want them to be as long as I cover whatever my expenses are for those years. Pretty young. Eh? Pretty young. Yeah. 35 years to 65. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> well, I think too, though, this is that we, well, it's been said before that we're very poor at making guesses or estimates of our future selves or future right, events. Right. We're terrible at that. Yeah. Right. Where we always we underestimate how the power of compounding. Did Fia say that? Uh she may have. Yeah. But it's been said a few times. Okay. I thought I heard it on our, our last podcast. Yeah, I definitely need to read a little bit more into that that sort of our, our human psychology part of it, right? Right. Where we probably work way too hard, way too long. I think that's generally the well the fact that we have estate planning shows that we work way too hard way too long yeah exactly i mean that that that's an industry yeah people figuring out what to do with their millions of dollars when they die yeah definitely proves that that is true that's fair yeah oh and there's nothing wrong with leaving behind a legacy for your family or whatever right but you want to throw a little my way that's fine (laughs) test i mean You do you. Well, you know, we're going to have the FI Garage uh, Trust Fund, right? We should. Well, or the FI Garage Tontine. Uh, Did... Tontine. What is a Tontine? You don't know Tontine? No. Oh, it's very illegal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you... Oh, do tell. Yeah, so if we were to have a Tontine, we would each put $1,000 a year into a, an investment account. And the last person surviving would get it all. Oh, isn't wasn't there an episode of The Simpsons about that? I don't know. <laughs> the Fighting Hellfish. I've heard of that before, but I didn't realize it was called a tontine. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Of course, of course, 
each person has to die of natural causes. No. Oh. That's why it's highly illegal. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of like a scholarship fund we could start. <laughs> Something a little more above board. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. Good deep dive. Yeah. I think it just goes to show that it's you don't have to make it all the way to fire you can design your lifestyle you can yeah choose things you want to do and be happy right yeah you can start doing stuff now yeah you know maybe sometimes maybe that looks like going back to school sure you know if you've, yeah. if you've got some money saved up maybe you go back to school for six months or a year yeah take yeah that, right take pursue something off. you've always wanted to do yeah. why not yeah again i think it's it comes down to like everything right it's going to be a personal decision of when you feel you have enough money enough of a nest egg enough fu money and yep. and enough cojones to do it yeah that's the hard part right yeah making that leap is walking away from the income yeah well i mean it seems like a lot of fi ends up being uh entrepreneurship for pansies so <laughs> <laughs> right i've got enough money to cover my expenses so now i'm gonna start this business i've always wanted to start <laughs> that's pretty good efp efp <laughs> I'm I'm five. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm a financial uh, financially independent entrepreneur for business. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. Yeah. I wish it, it was doesn't fired. Have the same but... ring to it, does it? No. Uh, that's that's good. That got me a laugh. Okay, well, let's wrap this up because uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm still kind of half half on this beer. You know, this I think this might be better in the sun, and the other one might be better in the garage. There's no beer that's good sitting in the sun. Oh, you mean we're sitting in the sun? If we were sitting, sitting in the we sun were with sitting, the beer. Yeah. Hey, at least the garage has a window. No, hey, I'm... But we're not knocking the garage. <laughs> it's just not 25 degrees out. Okay, we'll do... When yeah. it's 25, we'll do an outdoor recording. Or we could just open the garage door. <laughs> yeah, we could. Neighbors start showing up. <laughs> Things they, could get weird. They yeah. know there's homebrew here. They yeah. start showing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like a, don't want it's that. like a siren song for the street. If <laughs> garage door opens, uh oh. Okay. Yeah. Stupid money move. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So this stupid money move came from. I don't know if it was last Wednesday or the Wednesday before, but I sent you guys a note. And I had just walked by the money mark on my way. Yes. On my walk home. Oh, yeah. And there was a lineup literally to the door and then from the door across the sidewalk to the road of people waiting for the money mark teller. So it was paycheck day. It was paycheck day. Right. But the money mart is not often empty, right? And any idea what they charge to cash a paycheck? I don't know. I believe it's somewhere in the $25 range. When is I that was, a flat fee or like 15 or 20%? It was percent. No, I thought, I thought it, was, it was a 1 or 2%. No, it's more than that. Yeah? I think I think that's... We I should have done our Well, it'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I there yeah. was... The point I, is, yeah. When I was like 16 working for a moving company, one of the guys that worked for us, he went to Money Mart every week to cash his paycheck. And I said, if you sign it over to me, I'll charge you half. Yeah. And I started making some good oh, money. Oh, did he actually do that? <laughs> For about three weeks. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you guys because I was at a first aid course a few weeks ago. And it got a little long in the tooth late on the Friday afternoon. Yeah. And in that same plaza was a, it wasn't Money Mart. It was, uh, 
I don't know, it's pay, what's the other one we have in Canada? Payday or whatever it is. Anyway, same thing. And there was a constant stream of people and vehicles coming in and out of the parking lot going in there because it's Friday afternoon right. at the end of the month. Right. And it's interesting because we watched, I mean, the John Oliver episode's great on this one, Predatory Lending. Yeah. Right. So we're kind of talking about. Yeah, ca- there's ca- two different things. Yeah, we're talking about cash and checks there and, and predatory lending. loans. Yeah. Right. So I don't think we have as big a problem with the predatory lending in Canada, but I could be totally wrong with that. I think you're totally wrong. Okay. So it's very I similar. mean, yeah. yeah, you're talking. I mean, I know 30 plus percent on a lot of these payday loans. Ugh, well, it's a stupid money move for sure. Because yeah. what happens is, is it's the cycle is if you don't pay that loan right in the first two weeks you have to re-borrow at another service fee right yeah, so yeah. it's like yeah there's yeah, some crazy it's not numbers. just the interest it's the service fee and... it's the fee to set up yeah. the loan and yeah it's absolutely yeah. well it's ridiculous because they talked about that like it gets up into yeah at one point he says 1900 percent is right. the apr the annualized percent that you're going to get charged on these right yeah but it begs the question right is all those people going in there on that friday afternoon to get their checks cashed or to repay or to repay but presumably they've got check in hand that they put in the bank that they can't withdraw cash right so for them it's worth the 20 bucks to get that cash right yeah no that's that i don't know if it's true or not but that's certainly one explanation there's also a lot of people who don't have bank accounts well i found that interesting too i in this day and age i find it hard to believe that people are unbanked yeah well a lot of people you need an address first off right? you need an address mm-hmm. um a lot of people think it's cheaper to go there because they think that their only option is to go get a 40 dollar a month bank account at some big bank and right. don't yeah. have the educational knowledge to know that you can go to your local credit union and get a free checking account well i don't think there's any argument that payday loans or check cashing services are a stupid money move right but i think it's a little more sombering than that actually Oh yeah. Where you go? Oh, absolutely. There's people that are unbanked. Yeah. One, there's people that don't have any form of savings that need instant access to that cash and are willing to pay a ridiculous percentage of it to get. And the other thing is for those people, the fact that a conversation with their banker probably gets them immediate access to the money. Right. Yeah. If I mean, my parents went in and set up the bank account when you were a kid, right? Right. So you establish that relationship yeah and that yeah you're right at the point where you're like go in with your check they know you've got an account there you may not have the cash to cover it but they recognize the check they'll give you the yeah as soon as you've cashed a paycheck a couple times and it's cleared they're they will take the hold off Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah no it's it's definitely a problem it's a stupid money move for sure yeah but i agree with you that it's more of a societal problem yeah been a real stupid money move and i mean i think it boils down to the age-old problem of that general financial you know learning of any kind is not taught right you know like if your parents don't teach you this you can go through and graduate college and have no idea yeah that any of these things even exist yeah it's entirely on you like there's no other thing in our society where it's just expected that you're going to go out and figure it out one day right you know, like, yeah. oh, he'll just learn to read one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if nobody teaches you, you're probably not going to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, hopefully the message of financial literacy and um, all that discussion helps. Yeah. It helps people. There's lots out there in the space that are advocating for financial literacy and 
love to see that so that we can get rid of these types of services. Yeah, it would be great if there were no money marts in town. Yeah, yeah, right. Fantastic. Not really leaving on a happy note, though. I guess the the whole money mart thing is not a pleasant topic. No, but hey, we just decided to become part-time. That's right. So, yeah, life is good. EFP. EFP. (laughs) No, that wasn't it. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. EFP. Entrepreneurship (laughs) for pansies. That's our new acronym. (laughs) I like it. Uh, Right on. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed yourselves as uh, we enjoyed our beers and our conversation as always. And please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever else you find us out there in the audio sphere. And review us. Review. We have only have three reviews, two reviews. It's my mom, your mom. The account's, no, no, the it's account's not. mom hasn't reviewed yet? It's not. <laughs> I don't think we know any of our reviewers, but we have nine five stars. Hey, nice. Nine out of nine is pretty good. Wow. So we're there just we going go. for 996 then, and then we're good. <laughs> then right. we're all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. Nine stars on nine, no, nine episodes with nine reviews. Yeah. With six stars. Pretty much. I'm we're pretty on sure 995 then. Yeah. 995 is all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not quite part time, but. Till we meet next time.